Hey, this is Henry. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Tubo Watch Knobs. You have made it all the way to episode 214. Henry, hello. Hello, Henry. Thank you for standing in. Hi. <laughs> thank you for thank you for going upstairs in your house like you've been doing for the last year and a half and plugging your computer in in your headphones you're welcome thank you for breaking the cycle right (laughs) this is gonna be a lot of fun henry thank you so much henry is um contributor extraordinaire over here at tbws and uh we are actually going to be doing an episode that is something that we've been talking about potentially doing as i guess like a piece for the site and then this opportunity came up to have Henry on the show. We said, "Fuck it, let's just let's just do it on air." So that's right. I'm going to explain the title, you know, in a moment, folks. But this is going to be a lot of fun. So episode 214 of the goddamn Two Book Wash Snobs, late to the party with Henry Marganow. Henry, can you explain to people what that means? Right. I mean, firstly, it sounds like the saddest thing to befall anybody. Late to the party, and also with Henry, Mar- with this guy. You know, it's, it's our, uh, <laughs> kind of late. With Henry, oh. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it could be way sexier than it is, but it's not. It's just late <laughs> to the party, and then I brought this guy, and this, this sucks, you know. Um, oh, so, so the idea it was, uh, and, and I think you know you'll hear in my first example about uh, Casio, but uh, something that is beyond obvious to most people uh, that you have just maybe not found out about, but something just inspired you to become interested in this thing. And it, it, things that are that are beyond uh, obvious, things that are beyond celebrated, beyond talked about, beyond research, whatever it is, um, mostly watches. Uh, you know, we might, the conversation might uh, evolve or devolve into other things <clears throat> as well. But uh, my, you know, as we'll talk about a little bit, my, my uh, initial uh, idea for this came from the purchase of my first G-Shocks from Casio. Look at that. It's impossible to be in the watch world, even like peripherally, and not see a Casio. At, at some point, everyone's bought one, but apparently it took Henry many years. I mean, my son <laughs> is like 19 months old, and I swear to you, he already says G-Shock. <laughs> No way, that's adorable. So G Shock. I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, he is, you know, I had to make sure. I, 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 you know, I'm here looking like an ass for everybody uh, to sacrifice that. That's fine, but my son is not going to be not going to be an ass. He's got to know what G-Shock I'm going to raise my kid me. better than me. Right. He's got to be better than me. <laughs> did you uh, did you do the thing? Did you do the birth of your watch for your kid? A lot of a lot of, a lot of dads in the watch family do that. When their kid is born, they'll go and they'll get like a birth year. I don't know. Not a. I'm not a. I mean, some people do the Rolex, but that's that's fucking horrible. Yeah, but like a birth yeah. year, like yeah. Seiko Turtle or something like that. Did you do something like that for your kid? Um, I didn't do birth year because he was born in 2019, and I was like, well, you know, it's like not the most exciting year, you know, watch history. I ended up getting a piece that was a little bit of a reach for me, which I, which is a uh, 1969 Omega Seamaster chronometer, um, so cool. which I something I wanted yeah. for a while. It's got the Normally, the Seamaster from that era has the 5.65 caliber movement, but this is the 5.64, which is essentially the same, but it's chronometer certified, and it has the chronometer text on the dial and everything, and it you know, came with the original beads of rice, and, and uh, it's beautiful. Wow. And I always wanted one, and I figured, well, might never get this chance again. <laughs> it's right now. <laughs> uh, my wife, by the way, is not... Uh, 
not taking advantage of the you know the the push present. So we always laugh that I got myself a push present. I bought it oh, before he was born present. too. I, I bought it before it was born, and I said, "Oh, I'm going to buy it six months before it's born because it's like you know, great deal." And then I'll just open it, you know, when when he's born. <laughs> and you know, my wife's like, "I didn't get myself anything, and I did most of the work." I'm like, "You should have gotten an Omega. They're great." You, you <laughs> totally missed the boat, babe. I'm sorry. Like, like listen, it's over. <laughs> That's so cool, man. Um, here, let's let's do this, Henry. I am I am super honored to ask you this question for the two hundred fourteenth time. Would you like to honor tradition with me on the Two Book Watch House podcast? Would you like to do an audio wrist check? I would love to. You 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 go first. What do you wearing? So I'm wearing my Rolex uh, Polar Explorer. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> my two thousand nineteen, <laughs> my twenty nineteen Polar Explorer. No. Um, I'm actually I'm wearing a Casio, um, but it is not the Casio, not a Casio G-Shock. I am wearing the, I believe it's the Casio DW403, which is also known as the Surfing Timer. Um, it's kind of hard to find. It's a '90s Casio, um, has an insane display and a half black, half yellow bezel. It's got. Um, three chrono pump pushers on it it has a has a crazy bezel that you know, slide rule kind of bezel i think it's meant for like timing the tides or some shit that i'll never do you know surfing which i'll never do um it's kind of like it, right, it reminds me almost of uh, like a like a kind of like a seiko arnie uh, i was gonna say it has arnie vibes it has arnie vibes it's, but this is like arnie's like dumb stoner surfer you know, younger brother who like flunked out of school like i think that's kind of the vibe it's like i really i'm not a person that would say rad often but i don't think there's any other word described as aside from just rad possibly tubular but definitely rad it's quite it's quite fucking rad is this in the same family of watches as oh god I forgot who i forgot who's got it it's either skip or Baird's uh, fishing timer. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, I'm sure it's along the same twisted logic of you know Casio designers, but it's, it's, it's in the same it's in the same series as there's one that just says tachymeter, tachymeter. Mm -hmm. It's two words: T A C H Y space meter. And then there's a different version of that called the Skywalker. It says Skywalker on the dial. Nice. Uh, and I think those are the three that are in this. It's like the four four hundred four hundred one. I guess there's a 402, maybe 401, 402, 403, something like that. But DW403, and it's, um, you know what, I thought of another word to describe it. It's uh, it's also bitchin'. <laughs> it's quite, <laughs> quite bitchin'. This is a lot of fun, actually. How, how big is this thing? It's really hard for me to tell in this photo I found. Uh, 20 millimeter uh, lugs, and I, I feel like it's probably, yeah, I'd say like 38. I don't think it's quite 40. It's not, it's not bad at all. No, it wears pretty well. I got the original uh, strap with it, the original uh, rubber strap, but I have it on a, a black uh, Barton Elite silicone, and it's uh, kind of perfect. So, so cool, and it looks mad gigantor. But I mean, yeah, if it's actually if it's under forty, that's that's really sweet. Actually. Yeah, it's it's it it wears doesn't really wear much bigger than like my um, my khaki mechanical, my thirty eight millimeter khaki mechanical stuff. So. Nice, that's a good one. Very cool. Yeah, what are you what are you wearing? <clears throat> I'm wearing the watch that I'm, I'm actually probably going to talk about a little bit more later on because I was just late to the party on this one. Uh -huh. I, I, I'm, I'm, wearing, I'm wearing my Invicta Pro Diver. I'll pause uh -huh. now for the hisses and the jeers. Boo. Boo. Fuck this guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Kill yourself, Kaz. Get in line. But no, the, uh, the Pro Diver is a lot of... What'd you say? <laughs> it's a get in line. Get in line. That's good. <laughs> 
the pro diver is a lot of fun. I um I'll talk about this more, but basically, most watch people start their journey, you know, with Invicta. I did not. I bought so many other watches before Invicta, and as opposed to starting a particular segment of my watch journey with Invicta, I actually ended a particular watch segment of my or watch watch segment of my watch journey, you know, with this piece. Um, it's basically the subclones, 40 millimeters, uh, got the black dial one. People still shit on this watch, but I think it's fucking awesome. Got the NH35 in here. It's exactly what it needed it to be, you know, which I'll definitely, I'll definitely shed light on. But yeah, and it's also, it's also been a while since I've worn it because I've just been, <clears throat> Henry, I've, I have found it quite fucking impossible to get that Grand Seiko off my wrist. <laughs> I I would I would imagine Since so. I got it. It's quite lovely. So I I um I decided to get the goo gone and just try to break the mold and <laughs> to break the seal and then you know now now it's off my wrist and so I'm like okay good I can wear other watches and so. But that's like, I, would, I mean for lack of a better term that's kind of two broke watch knobs as fuck right like you take off the Grand Seiko <laughs> to put on your Invicta Pro Diver. Put on my Pro Diver. That's what it's all about, baby. I yeah. took off my Grand Seiko and put on my Invicta to record the show. <laughs> to record to record the show, and then you'll and then you'll peel it off, put it back where it belongs, and you know, um, that's 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 interesting. My my first uh, foray into the hobby was an Invicta as well. I had this monster, uh, like it must have been like God, like at least forty six millimeter, big rubber, heavy sapphire glass thing called <laughs> yeah. the Invicta Sea Hunter. It was it was it was Sea Hunter. It was cool looking. It had a huge, huge crown. Yeah. And I remember watching a video where somebody took like a, a gigantic uh, nail, like from a construction site, and tried to scratch the glass and was like, "See, it's fucking tough. It doesn't, you know." <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa!" And then I got that is it. tough. <laughs> I wore it. It was super, super big. And then I started reading some watch websites, and you know, I was late to the party on the Invicta hate, and uh, I ended up selling it and buying an SNK 807 or 809, whatever the black one was, and uh, that was the Actually, first. Who bought that watch from you? Like, who, like, who bought that uh, watch from you? Somebody, somebody with a fucking tree trunk size wrist. I don't know. <laughs> That's my favorite part of the story that you just blasted over. Oh, I sold the watch. Because I can't sell mine. I bought the. Remember, I bought that Invicta Rainbow Bolt, that quartz bolt, that giant thing. The the Rainbow Diarrhea, I believe. Rainbow Diarrhea. Bender Diarrhea. I still. I bought it for the site. I reviewed it. The review was hilarious. People had a good time with it, and now, um, it just sits in my home. I'm aware of. I'm aware of where it is. It's my own personal, you know, telltale heart from hell. I always know where it is because I hear it. I just don't know what to do with it. I can't give it to someone. Like I don't know this what kind of home. car you drive, but it it would make a lovely hood ornament. I drive a Subaru. I that would make a great Subaru hood ornament. That would be. We should ask Baird because Baird's the car guy. But I think a Subaru would be delightful with a rainbow diarrhea hood ornament. <laughs> I think on the we just figured out what to do with my fucking that fucking Invicta bolt. And you'll be shining like sunlight, reflecting sun into people's eyes when they're passing you on the highway and causing accidents and all that. Totally shit. gonna get pulled over for by for by a cop for having bad taste. Yeah. It's like like the ticket's gonna literally say having having bad taste, four hundred dollars. Like fuck, you got me. Got caught by the orological police, but um, yeah, that's crap. I'm looking at this thing. Well, it, the problem with Invicta is that it captures people who are doing like quote-unquote traditional comparison shopping and it'd be it just becomes the idea of what is what is value like what is actually value like i want to pay a little and get a lot 
Okay, half of that totally makes sense, but the second half is kind of up for debate. What is a lot? Mm-hmm. Is really a lot being your watch unable to be scratched by a nail? Where are you wearing this watch? You know what I mean? Like Nail factory? Nail factory, Kaz, <laughs> you jerk. The Nail Factory Union Association would like to have a word with you, Kaz. <laughs> Get sent very angry email by, by, by a bunch of Invicta wearing, you know, nail makers, I guess. Right. I don't know. If, I don't know who makes nails anymore, but... um. I'm looking at a picture of the Sea Hunter. The Sea Hunter. With the giant crown guard. Yeah, I had the one that had like a really... I'm going to Google it. Had a really um, dark charcoal gray kind of bezel. Because there was one that had like a uh, a silvery kind of gray bezel. Um, it was all black rubber. I want to make sure. Because I feel like there's a couple called the Sea Hunter. There's some that are just like they look like a fucking Russian submarine. That was not the one that I had. <laughs> It was like, it was, it was kind of, I, I hate to say it, but uh, here we go. I'm going to send you this on Slack. It was kind of uh, fucking understated for, you know, it sounds ridiculous. It was an understated um, thing. 47 millimeter uh, watch. Uh, for, yeah, for, it was an understated, I'm going to send you, I'm, I'm, I'm slipping in your DMs on, uh, I'm on, here. I'm ready. on, uh, on Slack. Yeah, so that's the one that I got. I hope you were looking at that one with the, with the red is, shark on this it. This is not, definitely not the one I was looking at. This is, yeah, you were looking uh, at the submarine, right? I was looking at no, I was looking. <laughs> this is what showed up for 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 fucking for fucking Sea Hunter. This thing that someone got paid money to design. This fucking orological war crime. Um, that's oh, what I thought God. you had on your wrist. Oh, just no. calmly walking around. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's this is this one is like if I was wearing this, this would be like if I asked people like if they lift and shit. Like, you bro, lift? you lift. Even <laughs> no, this is see like the one this this one's kind of cool looking, right? The Sea Hunter that I that I got. I totally understand what gra- what you gravitated towards, like with right. this watch, and it now it now makes sense with the entire like. like what's funny is like so this watch for the for you you folks uh, cuddling up at home with a with a glass of Cavassier or whatever, um, it's kind of got like an explorerish kind of dial a little bit, little got, bit, yes, a little bit twelve two four six eight ten. It's got kind of cathedral hands, but also somehow syringe hands. And it's got, you know, um, uh, a big crown. I mean, like, it's got a lot of the hallmarks of things that I like now about divers. Like, I have a lot of divers and skin divers that are, like, you know, simple, you know, large numerals that have a big crown. Um, you know, uh, I wasn't crazy about the fact that the crown was on the, the left. You know, it was a kind yeah, of... Yeah, I was going to say it's a left-hand crown. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's but, so your uh, that, that's so your crown doesn't dig into your gun when you're at the range, dude. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. But if, this, if this if this watch was forty millimeters or thirty eight millimeters, you know, maybe I'd still have it. I don't know. I mean, like quite it, perspective. It, I mean, in you know, it's in the of, field of other watches like that at forty millimeters. I mean, right. And you know, I, and it says Swiss made and all that shit, and I probably bought it for like one hundred and fifty dollars. I'm like, wow, no, you know, I, you know what? I remember it was not one hundred and fifty dollars. I think I bought it on eBay for like seventy dollars. It was like sixty nine ninety nine. Oh, and I, you know, just before I had any conception of anything, and you know, so I was just like, oh, but you know, but I, it's not the biggest Invicta misstep that people could have made in the, in their first watch <laughs> purchase. You know, it's like it's kind of cool looking. I totally see it, and I do, I do, I am very excited that you somehow was able to find an understated Invicta called the Sea Hunter. Like, I just, yeah. this is yeah. great. There's a picture of a shark on it, because I guess you're hunting the, sh- the shark or something? I'm not, I'm not sure. The shark's red, so I guess that means it's bleeding. You killed it's it. bleeding. <laughs> the bleeding, sh- bleeding shark didn't sound as good as the Sea Hunter. The Sea Hunter. The, the Invicta bleeding shark. Like, why is the shark bleeding? I don't understand. 
who bloodied this poor shark. Why is the shark bleeding? That's like the least of their problems over there. You know, why is the shark bleeding? <laughs> oh man, that's great. I fucking I've lost my inhaler for one second. See, oh, the, yeah. the, the sea hunter literally took his breath away, folks. The sea hunter has taken my breath away. Call now to receive your sea hunter uh, for the low, low price. <laughs> ah, this is fun. Here, let's do this. Let's let's gently glide into the the, the main topic. Because um, I want to make sure we have time to not just do watches like that's other stuff as well, but late to the party. And I've totally. I can't name names, but I, I I know I've totally done this idea with like bands, with like music. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, like, totally. Yeah. Like I'll hear a band when I'm 22, and I'll be like, "Have you guys heard of this band?" Blah blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, they were cool in like in high school. They're did, you didn't know? Like, I had no idea. I, how, why didn't anyone tell me? Like, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like music is where I'm usually always yeah like, the party with. You know? Yeah. That was like my other example, I think, too, when I was thinking about other things to talk about. And I'm like a musician and I'm like a really, really in-depth music guy to sound like a total snob, but I'm like a really big music fan. And uh, it still shocks me sometimes when I have like these blind spots. I'm like, oh, like, oh, I can't believe I never listened to it. And it's like, it's like this like wonderful mixture of like total excitement and you want to tell your friends, but you're also ashamed because you know they've listened <laughs> to these people. And you like, you know, I, there was something like that recently where I mentioned something to like my brother and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was listening to blah, 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 blah. He's like, oh, yeah, I love blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, secret shame, secret shame. <laughs> like, it's God too damn, real. You should, you should have known that, God damn it. Uh, so the, the, the headline is, before we get into it, folks, that this is a safe space mm. for you to air any other situations in which you, too, were also uh, late to the party. But um, but here, talk to me about this Cassia thing. What was it like? So you so – you, so, so, Everyone seems to have had some kind of interaction with like a G Shock. Yeah, I mean, so except you until recently. <laughs> yeah, so so I I've had Casios. I mean, I've I've had the one watch that's probably been in my you know some version in my collection since like I was before I had a collection. When I was like a kid. Was I've had a Casio. Um, was it CA fifty three W the calculator watch the Martin Oh hell watch. yeah. I've had I've had a number of those. Those are like to me. Those are in terms of watches. Those are like uh, like low top Converse sneakers. Like no matter what else I get interested in, there's always going to be one of those sitting in my collection that I'm going to wear. You know, not a lot, but it's you know it's there. So I had one of those, and I had um, uh, I had a couple of, a couple of like you know the Casio like the the, the kind of steel um, version of the uh, <laughs> steel version of the uh, the Al Qaeda watch the you know the basic oh watch. the FW one nine or whatever right, yeah so I had like the steel version of that and then I got um, just as a novelty when I went on vacation uh, with my wife a couple of years ago I got the uh, World Timer the Royale but I got the the black resin one instead of the silver one I just thought it was super cool and I was like oh this is kind of cheap and a fun thing to have and kind of neat. So I had all these other peripheral Casios and I just, I, you know, like I, you see G-Shocks on the wrist of a lot of, uh, you know, people in school and celebrities and uh, especially the, uh, the 6900, uh, you know, the one with the three little, the three little eyes above the display that have like little gauges for stuff. I don't know. It just never, never, never clicked. Uh, never, um, never hit. I think primarily uh, aesthetically, like I just didn't really, I didn't really uh, get it. 
I didn't really get it. You know, I mean, I know as with a lot of other Casios, especially the calculator. I mean, it's a square with a display and a calculator. I mean, it's a pretty functional design. You know, it took yeah. on its own kind of quirks for what it was. And now it's kind of an anachronism. But um, the idea that, you know, that kind of function was there. I mean, that's, that's you know, what the G-Shock pretty much is. It's like it's it's function over, over form 100%. And right. it, the, the function is the form. For for some reason, I just couldn't. I don't know. Just couldn't couldn't get my head around it. I've, I'd seen the square, you know, and I, I've since you know, learning more about about these, uh, you know, late to the party, that a lot of people seem very passionate about the square being the G Shock, and that the sixty nine hundred is you know kind of a kind of an acquired taste. And and uh, uh, but I just I don't just never never wrapped my head around it. And uh, I when got you were a kid a, when you were a kid, you didn't have them like no one else in school had one, and they would do the the light. They would press the button and, and like the illuminator turn the light on because that's the yeah. first thing that made me like be like, yo, Casio's Casio G Shocks are awesome. But like you never had that experience. Again. No, you know the funny thing is, I remember when I was a kid, like my my dad for some maybe for Christmas, I don't know, but it must have been when Indiglo was brand new um, from Timex. Timex. Yeah. My dad like went out and he bought. Me, my sister, my mom, and himself all Indiglo watches, and so I had I had Timex, I had Indiglos, um, and and that kind of you know I got the illumination thing from that. So I, wow. I never really paid attention to that with Casio. I never saw anybody in school do that. And I don't really remember a lot of people wearing watches in school and them being a big thing. They weren't really on my radar, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's so funny. This is, I think, this you having Indiglo be your first Illuminator watch experience might be like a Lego Duplo sort of situation. I think. Right, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying. Or like there's like Tyco bricks or whatever the fuck. Tyco bricks. You know. Um, yeah, that's weird, right? And to me, it doesn't seem weird because like that's my that's what I was exposed to. That I remember having a calculator watch, and I remember having an Indiglo watch, and I don't ever remember handling a G-Shock or really uh, seeing a G-Shock up close. So what put you on the road to getting this G-Shock that you have now? So I, I uh, ended mm -hmm. up with a, with a $100 Amazon gift card. Sweet. And, of course, my, my wife very sensibly was you know, probably thinking. She didn't, of course, you know, she didn't say this. She's probably thinking, oh, we can get, like, things for the baby. And I'm like, well, I can, you know, this is, like, free money. This is, like, what are you, insane? This is, this is free money. <laughs> I get stuff for the house and, and my, my son with my, my money money. This is, like, <laughs> my fun money. So um, I was uh, just, I don't know, something just turned me on to uh, the G-Shock thing. I think, I think we were having a discussion about it on the Slack, and we were talking mm -hmm. about the, the 6900, and I, I was wearing my world timer a lot, and I was like, I was kind of, as I, as I said to people on the Slack at the time, and I believe this is verbatim, quote, guys, I am having a fucking digital moment. And I was just like getting really into my digital watches and wearing them a lot. And, uh, you know, digital so in the season. And so I... Um, I just was thinking, well, what could I get on on uh, Amazon for a hundred nice. bucks? You know, that would be, that would that would be something that's really money well spent. You know, like I could get, you know, am I going to get another Seiko? I mean, I love Seiko, but I have you know a bunch of Seikos. I'm like, well, you know, could I get a? Can't really get a Nighthawk anymore. I had one, I sold it, and I'm thinking I get another, but that's that's you know now way more than that on Amazon. Mm. And so I was like, okay, so we you know we're looking basically like you know like. Timex Casio. I also have a bunch of Timexes and I have some, I, I like kind of like weird or harder to find Timexes from like, you know, the nineties and the sixties and all that stuff. So I was like, you know, 
maybe I should get another Casio. And I was really thinking about getting a data bank, like one of those other calculator watches. But I'm like, how many out-of-date technology watches can you own? Do I really need another calculator when I have my fucking phone? So I was like, you know, so um, I was like, you know, I never had a G-Shock. And so uh, as is my personality, when I kind of get interested in something, uh, especially if it's something that I never really thought about before, I get right. really in-depth. And so I then went... You know, reading all the articles I could find about G-Shock, mm -hmm. the history of G-Shock, I listened to, um, you know, every podcast, you know, probably the same information over and over from different from different podcasts uh, about the history of G-Shock, the history of, you know, Casio Digital and uh, and uh, Kikuo eBay and, and all this all this crazy stuff. And uh, and then I also realized I found this great website. It's probably, you know, I don't know if it's I don't, I don't really know anything about this website. You know, if I were teaching my class, I would tell my students to be more careful about their sources. But uh, <laughs> it's some website I found and it's it just says uh, star to star on the top of it. And it is a it's a space museum. And it's a I'll send it to you on Slack. It's a it's a yeah. website that just has like basically um, a list of all the watches that were flight certified um, for NASA. Cool. Uh, by NASA, uh, and and also they they had the Sturmansky from from uh, from Jim <laughs> That's cool. Um, I found another tidbit which I thought was awesome, which was that which I don't know if you knew this, but the the Breitling uh, Navitimer did not make the cut because uh, they were uh, they were calling that version of the Navitimer the cosmonaut, which is French for astronaut, but you know with an e at the end. But the word cosmonaut without the e is obviously Soviet astronaut, and so sure. NASA's like that's bad optics. And so they didn't, like, literally that's why Breitling didn't get a NASA contract, which I thought was amazing. That's too um, funny. And so I, you know, I'm scrolling through all this kind of stuff and I'm reading, you know, the Accutron astronaut and the Omega X33, the new speed master and all this kind of stuff. And son of a bitch, there are more, there are, there are one, two, three, four Casio watches officially certified for flight from NASA. Wow. There's the the fifty six hundred. Oh um, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Fifty six hundred uh, C and E variants, the DW fifty nine hundred, the DW sixty nine hundred, and the uh, the G nine thousand, which is like the original Mudmaster, like the, with the red pushers. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then of course the Timex Ironman, which I also, funny enough, after getting the Casios, ended up picking up a vintage uh, vintage like a nineties like Ironman. I never had one of those, and it's kind of like eh, it's kind of interesting. So I'm like, okay, I'm on Amazon. I'm thinking about getting a Casio. I'm thinking about a watch I never got before. I'm getting excited by that, and then I'm like, you know what? Like, I've been looking for a Pogue for you know some time. I've been thinking about getting an Omega Speedmaster, which is you know you know kind of reaching you know for me out of my out of my you know normal price range. And, right. and I'm like. I could, with $100 on Amazon, get not one, but two watches that are actual <laughs> space watches that have been, there's photos of people wearing them, you know, on the space station, probably in Skylab and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and uh, I mean, it's it's kind of incredible. And and I'm kind of like, I, you know, I had one of these late to the party moments of like, do people realize this? Everybody's talking about moon watches, <laughs> space watches. Did anybody else like, know? You can, no like, one this, knows. This watch costs like $70. Like, holy shit, I can get one of these, you know? And so... Um, I got two watches. I was I was really wrestling with the idea of which version of the square, uh, the fifty six hundred, and which version of the um, the sixty nine hundred to get. And so what I ended up getting was I you know kept it to its its roots, and I got the regular six uh, fifty six hundred, the non solar uh, you know non multi band one, the one that's got the the blue text on the uh, this is Illuminator, which some of the cooler ones, if you can find them, they have blue text that say 
Foxfire, which is pretty awesome. What, on what top. is that? What does that I, mean? I think it's. I think it has to do with the with the Illuminator, but like I think it was like maybe like a JDM thing, and they called it Foxfire, which is just fucking oh, badass. Cool. You know, that's super sounds badass. like a fucking Pokemon or something. But <laughs> so I went. So I decided like I want to get the, the the solar stuff, but I'm like, let me get one watch that is like the organic. Like this is what the astronauts had, and you know, I'm sure this watch, the 5610 version with the solar. I mean, I'm sure, of course, it's a way better watch. There's way more stuff. And I'm like, let me just get the one, like, you know, the anachronistic one they, they actually had in space. And then I wanted to get, um, for some reason, I just got really interested in the, the 6900 with the, the three little eyes, you know, the most popular one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought, like, you know, it kind of brought me back full circle on our conversation to the the Invictus Sea Hunter. It's It's, you know, not nearly as big, but it's a big rubbery resin oversized you know cushioned like this cool looking you know rugged watch and i you know mostly don't have watches like this you know i have a lot of vintage watches i have watches that are you know pretty simple displays three-handers i have divers i don't really have anything quite like this and uh so for this one instead of getting you know the 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 older one that they you know the the 6900 which has the red g-shock text i ended up getting you know the one that everybody on slack was like get this one this is the the uh, the 6900 uh, that has the multiband six that has the solar you know there's other ones that have even more features that are more expensive I'm like all right you know we're trying to keep within the the gift card range here. and I you know I went a little bit over but um, I just thought this one this one kind of just looks a little bit cooler than the one with the red because I don't know you know aesthetically after after being turned off by these aesthetically I'm thinking oh which one would I like looking at on my wrist all day more and this one this one won out um, and I just got like super super nerdy about it and i you know i didn't want any you know they have all these special editions i actually just before this you're, uh, you're, just before this one of the watches that i had coveted for a while since i wasn't into g-shocks which was a good entry into g-shock was the uh, the casio that came out the g ga 2100 1a1 i think the all blacked out one oh yeah and, you know, it's, it's slimmer it's got that kind of royal oak octagonal shape and like a lot of people who aren't into g-shocks they're like a little bit more fashionable looking maybe a little, a little less functional looking so I picked one of those up and I got it, you know, the black on black. I'd wanted for a while and I got it. And I'm just like, I can't read this fucking thing. <laughs> like, it's too dark. It's too fucking dark. Like, it's too online, black. I can't see online, anything on it. People online are taking these pictures and it looks stealthy and cool and the hands are kind of glowing <laughs> green. And it's, you know, it, it sucked. <laughs> like, I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't read this. Can't so I read the watch. It's so I, watch. I returned it and I'm like, you know what? Enough of this, like, you know. Uh, collaboration watches or you know kind of like fashionable versions of these i want the traditional organic plainest versions the ones that i totally missed the boat on mm. the ones that everybody you know again if i said to somebody hey you know what i got i got my you know like i, I think i posted like the uh the, the 5600 on slack and there's like fucking whoop de doo like two hearts and like that was it like, like oh, <laughs> yeah you know it's a great watch we all have it you know big deal um and um i don't know i i I wanted to talk about it in a way that wasn't just me talking about the history. And I, mean, I talked a little bit about the like certification stuff, but I think that the idea of this, this podcast episode was to, to think about, well, what is it that is interesting about my coming upon this, you know, way, 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 way after the point, you know, what is it that, that I could maybe say that would get somebody else interested in it? Um, and I don't know. I don't know. It could be, it could be discovering something that that you 
had a purposeful blind spot to, you know, think, cause I think that was one of the things you know, I would look at these and be like, yeah, they're kind of ugly. I don't really like them. I, you know, I don't <laughs> can't see myself wearing them. I'm not, you know, I'm not an EDC guy. I'm not a tactical kind of person wearing like, you know, I wear dive watches, but you know, I, I don't really wear this like really, really rugged stuff. Um, but, but again, it's like the same old story you hear from people. You, you, you allow yourself to, you know, take uh, the, the perspective of people that are really into it. Like I, you know, I always, tell uh my students and stuff uh, when we talk about you know things uh just kind of kind of being objective the idea that like you don't have to like something but you you should try to understand why other people like it you know and i think what happened with the g-shocks is like i tried to understand why other people liked it like finally after not really caring to do so and as soon as i did i was just like oh these are cool <laughs> like right. oh, no wonder these people like it and oh my god i think i think i like them now and uh, <laughs> and uh yeah i mean i i just i i can't I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've had a, a willful blind spot like that, where I've just kind of like, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, and eh, it's not a big deal, I don't really you know, care well, for it's it. One of those, it's one of those things that's kind of the reality of dealing not just with like like us being in the watch hobby, but like really anything where you can potentially shop entirely online, you never really understand what something is until you're actually like wearing it or in its presence and that's right. you know, the same for watches that's the same for cars and so objectively if i just looked at the because i have i have a picture of the 6900 right now if i just looked at a picture of this watch i'd be like yeah i don't like that it's ugly you know what i mean yeah but wearing it maybe it's cool you know what i'm saying yeah and you know it's funny it's like a lot of the people that i encountered people you know people's opinions i encountered online about this is the purists were kind of like, you know, uh, more into the square, not so much because the 6900 is ugly, but because they think that the three the three eyes of the display that do different things are just taking up valuable real estate on the on the on the dial. Yeah, they're like, kind of distracting. You know, see. that that they that the the 5600 has a just, you know, almost, you know, twice the size of a display. And like, you know, if you're buying this watch as like your one watch to do everything, like you just want everything to be super clear and right there. And. You're, you know, you're losing real estate on the dial because of these three eyes. But on the other hand, like, they're like little fucking doodads. And doodads are awesome. You know, like, <laughs> I, I love buttons that do buttony things and that have, like, little things that glow and move. And, I mean, if you folks, you know, listening at home have a chance to find a YouTube video uh, of the Casio surfing timer that I'm wearing, like, this thing lights up and bleeps and bloops in ways that just are so <laughs> gratifying. I don't know what the fuck any of this stuff means. I'm just looking at it going, wow, look at all these, like... Look at all these things flashing and these buttons to press and these noises that happen when I do. And it's delightful. Why wouldn't you yeah. want that on the G-Shock? I mean, I guess if you were, you know, having a G-Shock because it was part of your your livelihood and you needed it. For, I mean, actually needed it. Like, we don't, you know, I don't need these. Uh, you know, these are fun. But if I was counting on it, I might want that big display. But since I'm wearing it around like a schmuck who doesn't really need one, I'm like, wow, this is I like these little these little eye things on here. They're pretty cool. I don't have it's, anything. It's to just say. it's it's funny because every time I see a G Shock in person and like because like they're they're everywhere, and I'm having one of my more like unguarded internal monologues. I immediately assume, oh, that's really cool. They know how to use that watch. They know everything on that watch. They probably don't. Right. I think most people are just happy that it tells the time. Hopefully, and that you know it might light up and it has a whole bunch of cool shit. Right. I mean, what's what's funny about the the whole late to the party thing with the G Shock is it's just like, you know, part of it is like, you know, yeah. I mean, if you're just looking for a watch that just tells the time, it's like there's so many watches that do that. And, and you know, Casio is like one of those brands that you know everywhere you go, you go to like a, a mall, you go to like a, an outlet, you go to you know any you know an AD, and there's 
they're everywhere and 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 you you know you just you just take them for granted but there's so many things like that in our in our in our lives that i think we take for granted um but there's a reason why they're so fucking ubiquitous it's because Mm -hmm. there's you know they're 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 great i mean i think everybody should you know everybody should just be issued a g-shock at birth like here you go you get one of these it'll probably last your whole life you know uh and it'll it'll Um, be fine and if you wanted to tell the time it will and if you wanted to do like so many other things that probably would be useful if you just took a minute to think about it. It can do those too. But if you just use it to tell the time, like you would be totally fine. You're not, fine. you know, you're not hard up for cash for what you spent on it. I mean, I, you know, just so many things that, that what's funny about this, what's ironic about my, my story with this whole thing is that like, I realized that about so many other watches that I have. There's so many watches I have that I, you know, I'm like a, a great value hunter. Like, you know, there's those pieces that I would love to have one day, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I, you know, I'm hunting for things that are, that are great values, things that are, um, you know, unique things that are, you know, quality things that are under the radar. Like, you know, I got a, I got a, um, I did an article for the website about department store watches a while ago. And I bought this like, you know, kind of like, you know, not such great quality, uh, like, you know, chrome plated, um, skin diver watch. Cause everybody's like, Oh, you know, chrome plated, it'll, you know, it'll wear off and you should get stainless steel. And you know, I just saw this thing. It was, it was made for department store in the 1960s. Um, it just, it looks great. It's like a really great looking watch. And it's got like a, it's got like an a shield movement underneath the hood, you know, which is like the same movement that was in some of the early Blanc Pond 50 fathoms watches. It's in like tons of other, uh, vintage, uh, vintage, uh, skin divers. Um, you know, I wrote an article for the site on this, this other small brand called Le Jour, which was an American distributor for Yema. And I have this chronograph and it is, it has a, a value 7733 movement. And that was the same movement that was used in some of the early Hoyer Carrera watches. I mean, so, I mean, these are values, right? So I, I look for that kind of stuff in what I collect and, you know, when it comes to G-Shock, just, it's like in front of my face and I just can't see the forest from the trees. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> well, it just I think it's an interesting call that folks should maybe heed and that maybe there's something to some of these watches which are just kind of, I don't want to say cultural phenomena, that sounds crazy, but like maybe there's a reason some watch models endure. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, sure. And if this ever, if it's ever something like you're like, I don't really get it. If you ever get handed a hundred dollar Amazon gift card, maybe it's time to get it. You know what I mean? Let's <laughs> see if it's, I don't know, just to just give it a shot. I, I actually, um, I had a 6,900 in for a while because um, a contributor did a piece for it on the site and I put it on and I immediately hated it because mm. it just felt huge. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? It is it, yeah. it is pretty huge. But I got also got the appeal. Like I'm okay, I get I get why this is like the most popular non square under a hundred dollar G shock and everything like that. So Yeah. That thing is just so crazy though. Yeah. So is it is it is it gonna are both of these watches gonna stay in the collection, you think? I mean, I think, I think for now, I mean, I, ironically, I'm, I'm sitting here, I got them in front of me and I'm, I'm like playing with the, like I'm in grade school with Chaz, I'm playing with the, with the light, looking at it going, ooh, ooh. and, uh, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the square, I'm looking at the 5600 and it's, it's, it really is a handsome, handsome watch when you look at it. I mean, just kind of everything about it and the, the, the function and design. 
And then just in the back of my mind, as I'm looking at it, I'm thinking if I kept one, I might keep the, the ugly one. <laughs> I keep the other guy, I, you know, really? I don't, I don't know. There's something about the 69 that is just, I don't know if it's the weird shape. I don't know if it's those, those eyes or dials on it. I don't subdials. I don't know if it's the fact that you illuminated by pressing that G button, but there's something tactile <laughs> about holding it and wearing it. That feels very nice for lack of a more descriptive term. Uh-huh that the 5600 has too, but I guess it just feels like other things I've worn. The, the 69 is just its own beast. It's a very different thing. Yeah. Um, and um, and I, I almost bought a third one, to be honest. I almost bought, I, I sold. <laughs> Going I was, off the G-Shock I, I, trade. <laughs> well, I was going to buy three. I bought the 5600, I bought the 69, and I was going to also buy the G9000, which is the, if you, you should Google that, Kat. The G9000 is the original Mudman. It was the first Mudman they, they made. And it's just like it's super cool because I there is this um, there is this other um, G Shock or this other Casio Square oh, yeah. that I think it was a Casio Square of some sort and it had red pushers like this this G nine thousand and it was the watch that I think Arnold Schwarzenegger wore in like the Running Man and I was looking for that watch and it's like really hard to find and then I saw this Mudmaster I'm like oh it kind of kind of looks like it a little bit with those red pushers yeah. You know, the, the colorful display, the the kind of green and red display in the middle reminds me a lot of the surfing timer. It's got this kind of weird, this, this, you know, weird kind of dual display. Um, and um, I don't know. I just think it looks just like quirky and interesting. And, and I almost bought this. I was going to buy all three. I was like, let me get three space watches for like under $200. <laughs> After like looking for the perfect Pogue or, the, you know, my, my father-in-law, I've talked about, I've talked about my father-in-law a lot because we talk about watches a lot and he's got a Speedmaster and it's great. And I'm just, I'm just like, dude, I got, I could get three moon watches or three space watches, <laughs> not moon watches, but three space watches, you know, which is pretty good. That probably have, good. Like a, probably have like a 10 year battery life. I could literally throw one out the fucking window when I'm pissed and it would just land and be fine. I'll probably have them, you know, if I keep them in the collection, I'll probably have them until, you know, my son's my age now. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, why not? Why not just splurge and be like, oh, guess what I have? Oh, you just have, you just have your Speedmaster Moonwatch? Well, I have three NASA certified watches. Casio, <laughs> Casio, motherfucking Casio, you know? Uh, and uh, I don't know. So I, I stopped myself because I'm like, okay, you know, I'm trying to, Trying to have some some self control because so COVID has some, some restraints during I mean, COVID, the COVID's been ridiculous. I mean, I have probably I don't want to I don't want to even count how many watches I've bought because I, I haven't kept them all because I've definitely flipped some. I've sold some to get other ones, but I've I did a lot of a lot of you know watches changing hands uh, over the course of this last year and a half more than I would have if it wasn't COVID. So I was wow. trying to say you know what I think two two G shocks is fine to start you know. <laughs> I always tell my wife, my wife's just like, you know, my wife will be like, do you really need two of them? And I'll be like, it's not about the watch. It's about the collection. Don't you understand? <laughs> it's about the larger picture. It's about the, the the collection. Now I have a mini collection within a collection of NASA certified watches. You're you're merely witnessing my Casio G-Shock amuse-bouche. Okay? I mean, it's only downhill from here. I mean, three if you count the Timex Iron Man that I bought right after these. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> when right. I was having my digital moment, you know? <laughs> my digital moment. The Casio G-Shock. This, um, I think, I think part of the reason why it just endures also is, I mean, all the function stuff. It, they honestly do feel great, like regardless of like how it wears or whatever. When you have it in your hand, there is something that gives you the impression that this is much more greater than the sum of its parts, which is something we've said on the show before. That generally lends itself to you know being the quality of a good watch, something that's more 
than the parts that make it up. And this is a really dumb reason. I think a Casio G-Shock, any G-Shock, and people can fight me on this if they like. I mean, Don, I'm very weak. Please don't fight me. But like, you can fight me on this if you like. Any G-Shock looks good in any suits or shorts and t-shirt combination. I've seen people in, in suits wear G-Shocks. I've seen people in shorts wear G-Shocks. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? There's just something about it, which it just works. I think that's just a testament to just, I don't know, how well it's designed. Yeah, I mean, I think you're nuts because, um, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, you know, I would I would stop at a suit unless you're wearing one of those new, like, those, like, new jelly Cassiopes. But, like, I would not wear the 6900 with a goddamn suit. I would it's look the best good. way, dude. It's the best way to look like an FBI agent. Straight I mean, up, man. <laughs> normally, I would just never wear a suit. So that's that uh, takes care of that. Like, <laughs> Problem solved. I mean, maybe the You know, what's funny, too, that got me kind of like, you know, not that I'm like, I love to, you know, I, you know, I, I would say that I don't love to just, you know, uh, try to replicate what, what famous people do. But I get intrigued sometimes. Like, so, you know, I was I was looking up, uh, I was watching a lot of uh, comedians in cars getting coffee with my wife. And, uh, you, know, I was, you know, I know Jerry's a big uh, Jerry. Like, I fucking know him. Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, Mr. Yeah, Seinfeld. Yeah, Mr. Jerry Seinfeld. from the block. We're both, we're both Jewish, so I feel like you could just say, oh, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry. Um, but he's uh, like, he's, you know, a big, big Breitling guy and Right. He had a, he had a, um, you know, there's a website where somebody wrote about all the watches that he wore in the different episodes, and I noticed a couple that he was wearing and this and that, and then I didn't even notice, but he had Dana Carvey on, and Dana Carvey, what was he wearing? G-Shock 5600, the basic one, not the solar one, the one that I have. I just said, oh wow, I was like, that's you know, not that like he's a watch guy. I never thought he was a watch guy. He probably isn't a watch guy, but I was just kind of like, oh, that's interesting. Like, you know, this guy could like afford whatever, probably. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether, you know, and it, it could be, wow, that he's gushing over, you know, the innovation of the G-Shock, or it could be that he's just like many other people that aren't watch people going like, oh, yeah, this will, this will do the job, uh, you know, and yeah. I just I just was kind of interested by that. I was kind of interested that, you know, here's this person that I, you know, wouldn't expect, you know, I don't, I don't know what I would think about him in terms of, you know, wearing a watch, but I, I did not expect him to have this particular watch. And I think, like, oh, that's kind of interesting, and, you know. Not that, that was a reason to get it, but it was just another kind of interesting confirmation of, oh, these are on people's radar. I, you know, and people are like, no shit, you're late to the party. Remember? I was going to say, I'm happy I'm happy you made it to the party. Not on time, but I think we're all glad you're here. <laughs> like, I'm having, like, I'm having, like, a blast because, like, I, like I, you know, I'm talking about these on the Slack and posting, <laughs> posting them on Instagram and getting, like, no, no likes because, like, nobody cares. <laughs> and I'm having a fucking blast. Like, I, you know, I got this, like, Timex Iron Man and it's like you know one of the cool ones that like Bill Clinton like would wear when he was wearing his ugly watches and when he was president and like you know the right. two like, buttons on the front for the for the uh, for the the uh, stopwatch and all that kind of stuff and like nobody cares <laughs> no one cares but I'm like wow look how cool this is I got this I got this Timex this Iron Man and they're like yeah 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 I had one yeah I was in the, we we're, <laughs> we're aware of these watches but it makes me so happy because I feel like in the beginning of my collecting not that i was trying to impress people but i felt like there were kind of certain bases that i had to cover in terms of, of what i what i had and now it's just this free-for-all of like i'm gonna just be giddy as a fucking schoolgirl wearing my timex iron man <laughs> and uh and having people just tell me how demonstrably they don't care <laughs> like it just makes me feel great <laughs> makes me feel so validated that i can gratify you know make myself happy uh, and not really worry about, you know, it's just one that I should buy. It's just things that people exactly. think are good. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> oh, man. 
Now I got to see it. I'm excited to see it in person eventually someday. Who knows? You know what I mean? I could probably mail it to you by just putting a stamp on it and we get trounced to the postal <laughs> service and it would probably return to me just fine. fine. It's tough as nails, you know? Oh, my God. As was my Sea Hunter. Tough as nails. Sea I mean, literally, I guess at that, at least the crystal was. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Let's uh, let's do this. Do you, want me, do you want me to talk about this in Victor or should we just, like, skip it? Yeah, no, please. There's no way I can top this incredible G-Shock saga we've all been on. Uh, but, but so, so I, okay, so well, you actually you said in the beginning of the show I I'll start my story this way. I was one hundred percent late to the party with Invicta because of a comment you made at the beginning of the show, or things are something like I said, someone said it, but basically the, the Invicta is the reason majority of people got to watch this because most people's first watch was an Invicta, right. it was either a gift or. They just got like a new job or they had a job interview coming up and they're just like, oh shit, I need to get like a proper watch. And they go to Amazon and they type in, I don't know, men's watch, blah, blah, blah. They do the price slider, if it's even a little slider, I have no idea. And it's just it's just so easy for Invicta to be someone's first watch where when I finally got my Invicta, I was amazed that it was just so hard for it to be my first watch. Like it was just, I just never... I. I got it so late in the game. I got it for a very particular reason. For the longest time, actually, this is a two-part late to the party. For the longest mm. time, I understood why people liked the 40 millimeter Rolex Submariner case, but I thought just like uh, the black dial, no dates. I just thought that was boring, like a boring, like a like a sub case with a black dial, super boring. But I wanted a 40 millimeter uh, Submariner case. Uh, right. Just, just to make it clear, everyone, I, I'm, I'm not talking. I, I'm not going to not talking about buying a Rolex. I can't fucking buy a Rolex. This is this is not possible. I just don't want to. But I wanted that case style because it was so classic. And so, I did what a lot of people probably did. I just tried a bunch of like micro brand pieces on. I kept going and looking up reviews and trying to find something. And then every now and then the stupid Invicta Pro Diver would pop up on my radar and be like, no, 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 Jesus, no, I'm not buying that. Fuck you. Fuck you. I want another 40 millimeter sub style case for a hundred, under a hundred dollars. I don't want that one. I want, I want, I want a different one. <laughs> <laughs> Take your and pick. Then, yeah. <laughs> right. And then like, I just kept getting latched onto ideas and then getting away from them. And then I couldn't find the Rolex case world of them the submariner style case with like the dial combo i liked the one i came closest to was um there's a brand called nth and uh they have they do uh, uh supposed to be like high quality uh, like snowflake dials and submariner dials but with like fun micro brand twists so there's like colors and shit um and they have a model called the santa fe have you seen this before you know what I'm talking no. about? No. Let me send, um, let me send uh, you a... Send me a link. It sounds familiar. Santa Fe sounds familiar. No, sure. However the fuck one spells... Oh, Santa Cruz, excuse me. I'm sure I, I'm sure for the past 45 seconds of me being silent, people are yelling at the goddamn radio. Cash is Santa Cruz. Yeah, let me send this to you. Sorry. Uh, so I like this a lot. And one of the obvious reasons is it's got some teal in it. I like teal if no one's if no one's heard. So oh, yeah, yeah, that's neat. 
Oh, that's the dial too. The dial's cool. It's got this like texture on it. It's got this sort of dial kind of. Yeah, it's got like a Fotina thing. I'm not giant of Fotina, but it was really just the combination of that white with the uh, teal bezel. And for a long time, this was it. This was the one I came closest to. And uh, I had an opportunity to get the watch, but the person I was talking with uh, like wouldn't budge on price. And so just ended up in square one. And uh, just dejected and, you know, totally just beaten from the battle. I'm like... I'll just buy the Invicta. I'll just I'll just buy the fucking Invicta and see see if it's any good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I bought it, and I was sure late to that fucking party because that Invicta ended my journey for forty millimeter sub. <laughs> <laughs> I ended my fucking forty millimeter sub journey with an Invicta Pro Diver. Um, I don't want to get a Rolex, you know, case or whatever. I don't want to get a Rolex Commander. I don't want to get this NTH Santa Cruz anymore. I don't want nothing. This is it. And it's just, it was just so odd to me because um, I guess I was afraid to give into it because the, the stupid brand is so polemic and like the idea that you getting an Invicta would hurt your street cred. Like you getting an Invicta as like a pretty seasoned collector would hurt your street cred. If you're Invicta, if Invicta is your first watch, whatever, dude, you know what I mean? But like, I think that sort of brand baggage held me back from getting the watch for a long time, but I, I finally got it, and I was totally late to the party with getting an Invicta. Um, also late to the party with really appreciating how beautiful the black dial is just with the Submariner case, because I didn't get, like, the blue one or whatever, the blue pro diver. I just got the fucking straight black, black bezel, uh, black aluminum insert bezel, black dial, 40 millimeter, that's just perfect. I get it. Like I get this now. You know. Yeah. It's funny. It's like I wonder. I wonder like how how, much, how many watches they sold by people kind of like accidentally getting the Invicta after like wanting something else, kind of like that. It reminds, <laughs> it reminds me of like when we when we used to go to Blockbuster back in the day when there were blockbusters around. Mm-hmm. So there were there were like this entire um, I don't know if it was one company that made these movies, but mm-hmm. you would go and they would have the new movies out on on the new release wall. They would have like for instance, one of my favorites was you'd have like Transformers, right? right. And right next to Transformers there would be some direct to video movie with an eerily similar cover and it was literally called Transmorphers. <laughs> And they literally probably made rental money by people accidentally picking up Transmorphers and getting home. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> God damn it. That's, that's, that's not like, Transformers. Fuck. And I'm like wondering, like this just kind of reminded me of that. That just kind of like, oh, well, but here I am with this. And, you know, maybe Transmorphers was the way to go anyway. <laughs> maybe Transmorphers is going to be awesome. Who, who knows? Bay. Yeah, Michael Bay, right? Who cares? <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I think <laughs> I think that's the crux of many different... Like like marketing strategies, I know I I my that's happened with this is this is an incredibly like mundane example, but it's happened recently with um rice cakes in my home. So <laughs> the the Quaker the Quaker oats the Quaker brand of rice cakes is blue, and then the 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 local off brand Publix rice cakes are also blue. Mm-hmm. And my wife came home from groceries today, and I saw the blue. In the in the shop bag, I'm like, oh cool, I'm gonna have one of these now. I took it out of the bag and I looked at it, and it was a it was the Publix brand. I go, what the fuck is this? She's like, oh shit, I thought it was the Quaker. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm not eating this. What this is? <laughs> this is awful. Well, I don't. I'm here for the Quaker man, you know, or whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? So it's right. just, I'm pretty sure plenty of businesses 
make their money by very awkward accidental purchases. Maybe Transmorphers is going to be awesome. But Maybe see, Publix but, rice cakes are good. I don't right. Know. But I mean, you know for sure from your experience that Invicta is, you know, actually okay after you it's have one. It's actually okay, know? guys. Yeah, we if you're can't, if we any... can't... Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, we can't testify to Transmorphers, the film, or Publix, <laughs> the rice cake, but... <laughs> Well, I guess you can. Did you end up eating the Publix rice cake? I have or? not. I have not. I Is have it pro- just like a coaster or something? <laughs> I just I rest my drinks on them when I'm when my arms are tired. I haven't I haven't tried them yet. I'm gonna give it a shot this week. I'll I'll let you know. It might I'll be a really good thing. It might be a really good thing to to change uh, a split pin uh, watch band on. Like you can just rest the, the bracelet on there and stick your tool through it and jam it on the other side. Oh, this is perfect. Without damaging perfect anything. Use. <laughs> Thank you for giving your life for my watch, Rice, in cake form. The um, yeah. If anyone else is there like me, and you were had any sort of hesitation, trepidation around getting the Invicta Pro Diver, or just like, eh, just get it. If you were like me and spent a long time looking for a forty millimeter sub style case, just get the watch. You'll you'll you. Sh- I shouldn't guarantee this, but I'm fairly certain you will enjoy it because I enjoy mine. Just do understand, you also just did only pay basically $60 for a watch. So don't expect it to be... Don't expect it to be... There are no good $5 stakes, I think is what I try to like like, like tell people. You know what I mean? So if... If I walk into a restaurant and they're just like, ah, steaks are $5, like, no, I don't. That's like a dog steak. I'm not... No, dude. You know what I mean? I want to pay five dollars and know what I'm getting. So you're paying five dollars, not five. You're paying sixty bucks. You're getting an Evicta. Know what you're getting. It's not going to be. <laughs> don't fucking dive with it. Don't do any of that shit. But if you well, really just, mm-hmm. I mean, funny you should mention that because like, so I'm I was on Instagram as I am sometimes, <laughs> uh, you know, once in a while uh, earlier, and there's a, some somebody who I started following. I'm trying to think who the heck it is. I'm sorry I can't give the person a shout-out, but friend of a friend. Uh, one of my one of my friends on Instagram follows this person, and the person uh, has, like, uh, a lot of scuba diving photos, and I think he and his, his partner, I guess, go scuba diving a lot, and, and you know, really, you know, deep diving. And he's got a doxa, and he's got all this shit. And he just posted recently, here I am with my Invicta Pro Diver actually using it for a dive. And then <laughs> it was like, so parentheses, cool. it's fine, guys. It's more than enough. It works fine. I know the <laughs> one. You know? Uh, and that was like the whole, I don't see if I can find it. I mean, that, was the, that was the whole logic. It was just like, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's totally fine. And here's the thing. Even if it's not fine, it's a, it's a $6 watch. Right. You know what I mean? So if you, if you have any inclination... Excuse me. Just get the watch. It'll be great. Don't be late to the party like I was with this fucking watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to find this while we're talking. Yeah, this is uh, one person. He... No, this isn't it. It's close. I'll find it. But he was, yeah, he, uh, he, Invicta Forever. And, uh, <laughs> and he's just like, it's, it's fucking fine. I have it. I'm wearing it under the water. It works. It's a watch. It's got a depth rating. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so it's like, you know, all of you people that are desk diving with it, just, it's just a watch. Just fucking wear it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny. Too fucking good, man. Yeah. Well, here, let's do this. Do you need to hop off or are you cool for a few more minutes? Because I want to try to do some non watch late to the parties, unless you got to go. Yeah, I do a few. I do a few more. What do you got? What non watch thing were you late to the party on? Oh, you want a big one? It's a big one. Sure. It's a big one. It's a, it's yeah, like let's, week. 
as we say, as, as Jerry and I say, it's a big matzo ball. This one, it's a big one. <laughs> it's pretty big, pretty, pretty big matzo ball. Okay. Um, uh, I was late, 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 late to the party, and this is I'm, this is actually just a funny late thing at the end of this 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 quick story as well. I was late to the party on all of uh, hip hop music, all of it. Very interesting. Yeah, um, I uh, like didn't have like a fantastic storybook kind of time in high school. I would say, nice. and the people I went to high school with were very. Um, I didn't like the, many of them. Uh, of course, like some of my only friends, including my wife, <laughs> or people I went to high school with, um, but I uh, was not keen on many of them. And I sure. went to a high school that was actually very, very white. And um, uh, and a lot of the kids who were really, um, you know, pricks, I think, uh, yeah. were, were very heavily into uh, hip-hop music in that really kind of obnoxious suburban white kid way where it was just total sure. appropriation of dressing style and, and, and vernacular and all this kind of stuff is just, just awful, you know, especially, you know, in retrospect. Like, you know, you realize it's bad when you're, you know, hopefully you realize it's bad when you're there, but when you're, when you're years removed, oh, Jesus, you know. And so I just, for the longest time, just associated, you know, rap music with just people that I just despised and that that just were really kind of mean and you know it's all the stuff i just really there's just no reason for me to to be into that and i listened to music that was very much you know contrary to things those people listen to and this and that sure and so i'm like you know working in college i'm working at a bookstore like a barnes and noble kind of store and uh and i'm, I'm working and I, I have this friend of mine who's a bit older than me and he was uh you know pretty pretty worldly dude he's another another uh teacher now and and he was just, uh, you know, just saying, hey, you know, you ever listen to uh, a Tribe Called Quest? And I was like, no, you know, I never, I never really was into it. And I, it was just like that, those high school feelings of like, you know, just thinking about the people that I associated with that with, which was funny because the people I associated with were people that were just appropriating, you know, stuff right. that's not their culture. And so, you know, I didn't really actually think a great deal, you know, as a teenager about, you know, people that actually made the music. I thought about the people that listened to the music, right? Um and uh, I said, you know, I, you know, I don't know. And he's like, oh, you know, and this other guy I worked with, oh, you got to listen to this album, The Low End Theory. You should check it out. And it was like the Casio thing. But <laughs> but I think even much more significant. It was like this, oh, my God. Like, you listen to it, and you're like, not only do, is it, is it it's just like, you know, just great, great music, but you realize just the the complexity of genres subgenres the, the lineage of how it started of how who was influenced by who then there's all of the the sampling uh and and references to other genres of music and like what's funny is like i got before that when i was in high school i got really 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 interested in jazz like before i was you know out of high school right. and i got really really deep in jazz and then as soon as i started getting into hip-hop i was like oh my god this is exactly the same thing just the lineage the styles the techniques so i mean cool. just there's just so much about it. And like, and I'm still, you know, to this day, like, you know, I have, I went from not listening to rap music to like listening to rap music. Probably. I think I was out of college working the year before grad school. So I was probably like, you know, 22, 23. And I went from not listening to it to like, I must have, I must have at least 500 rap albums in my collection now. Oh, and I'm consistently learning about new stuff. I ask students for what they're listening to and they make me playlists on Spotify it just was like this whole, you just realize it was like this entire rich genre of music that I essentially had a willful blind spot for 
um, because I associated it with just, you know, just all these other bad things that had nothing to do with it, which is kind of irrational, you know? Right. And the thing that, the thing that brings it full circle, which I think is so funny is, and this is like one of my favorite stories I tell people, and again, it's just a, a mini footnote to this, but, um, I, uh, heard that the Smithsonian Institute, Smithsonian Folkways, which is their record label that does, um, you know, Americana, like, you know, um, blues music and, 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 and right. folk music and all kinds of stuff. Uh, gospel music, all kinds of stuff, that they were doing the Smithsonian Folkways uh, anthology of hip hop. There's been a jazz one, there's been a folk one, all this kind of stuff. So I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. Uh, it's in the, you know, still viable, but uh, decried as out, uh, outdated format of CD. It's nine CDs. It's got a big book. I think Chuck D from Public Enemy was the, was the ambassador for this. Okay. So I got this as a gift from my brother and sister-in-law. Christmas slash Hanukkah, 2017, okay? I have not yet received this. Smithsonian on their Kickstarter has now for almost four years been saying, oh, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're going to be releasing it soon. We have to get some of the permissions for the artists and this and this. And, and what was funny was like throughout the years, it started off with we need to get, you know, copyright permissions. We need to get this. We need to work on the artwork to then like by like 2019, they just started talking about the size of it. They're like, oh, well, it takes a lot of work to bring this, like, you know, 10-pound, 600-page. <laughs> just like, oh, don't worry, guys. It's going to be big. When you get it, it's going to feel expensive. Oh, my God. And so then, so then I, they, they were announcing a new compilation from Smithsonian Folkways about some other type of music on Instagram. And I just, like, on their, in the comments, I was just like, hey, any word on the goddamn hip-hop box set I've been waiting for? You? And they said, like, oh, we're, we're, oh, we're really thinking it's going to be a summer, summer 2021 release. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So, like, after taking so long, to come to hip hop, it is now taking so long for hip hop to come to me. Oh my god, that's so good! <laughs> Jeez, so you think you're gonna get it in a couple months? Fuck no, <laughs> I'm gonna be an old, gray, withered man by the time you know. I think the best part is that when they actually do ship it to you, they're just gonna make you pay for shipping, like you're gonna have to pay the courier, like when he brings it to your door, like oh, that'll be four hundred dollars. What? It's twenty pounds of CDs. What do you? What? I mean, like, I mean, like, I would get updates from my sister in law. Like, she would, she would get the emails. So, she, like, you know, every like, every like nine months, she'd be like, hey, um, hey, I just got this. You know, they're saying, oh, it's it's almost done, and I'm just like, yeah, I've heard that tale before. I'm like, you know, so fool me funny. once, shame on you, right? But... <laughs> I had no idea. Jeez, that's a good one. That's a good one. I've never like, I've never like listened to properly hip-hop i guess honestly probably because it's similar experience as you but i will say there's only one i guess it counts as hip-hop <laughs> there's only one hip-hop album that i have i haven't listened to it in a while but i still love it very near and dear uh 36 chambers by wu-tang clan that's oh, the only one. i mean if you're gonna have one <laughs> that's you know that's the one right the first even... time I heard, I heard the first time i heard it it blew it just totally blew my mind. I didn't understand really necessarily what was happening, but I knew the feeling that I was getting from this just oh, yeah. series of tracks over and over and over again. I'm like, oh my God. I mean, I don't, it's just incredible what's happening on this album right now. Just that one. I mean, if you're talking about like going off on a tangent, just the first Wu Tang album to think about all of the solo projects that that spawned. And like, <laughs> I mean, like just that and the like pretty much the first or second solo record by each of those guys is just, mm -hmm. I mean, just like so, so just the, the depths, you know, it's just such rich stuff to dig into. Yeah. 
it's like so funny. The first time I heard that, the same thing. It was like I remember people in high school listening to that and wearing like you know their woo wear shirts and all this kind of stuff. All these yeah. like you know these white kids I went to high school with, and then you listen to it, and the first time you listen to it, you're like, those kids didn't. You know, you should have known this being an adult person now. But you're like, those kids didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. No, they had no it. idea what these people are talking about. This is a totally fucked up mismatched situation here but when you're like in high school and you're getting shit from people and that you're like, you don't really think about it that way but when you're older you're like wow you know this is incredible i never yeah. thought about this before you know so, so that's the that's, one to have that is that's the, the one only one have. i got that's it's so. great <laughs> i thought you were gonna say you had like uh like fucking to the extreme by vanilla ice or something <laughs> just want to let you know I have two hip hop albums. <laughs> or you had like whatever album that uh, like Tag Team put out with Whoop There It Is or something. Oh my God. That's I'm knocking the... Tag Team. It's a great song. It's a great song. 36, 36 Chambers. There's something, I don't know, there's something about it. So hold on. So this actually, this, you're, 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 you're good. This is a good time for me to ask you this. If I like that album, will I like other hip hop? Uh, yeah, you will. But remember that that album now is like a, you know, it's a, an anachronism. It's very different from stuff that's out now. It's very different. To, you know, oh, yeah. I, I listen, I mean, you would think, oh, or you, if you don't know much about the genre, you would think, oh, this is all kind of similar. But it's, you know, if you listen to stuff that my students listen to now, you're just like, I don't know if I like the stuff my students listen to now. It's very mm -hmm. much not Wu-Tang. It's very different stuff. For I would, sure. I would like, say if, if you like that album, you would like pretty much all the solo albums, the first solo albums that each of the, especially Liquid Swords that Jizza did, yeah. and especially uh, 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 Old Dirty Bastards' first album, uh, uh, and uh, um, Supreme Clientele by, by Ghostface Killer. I think those three you would like a lot. Okay, I'm going to try them. I'm going to try them. I'm excited. I like new things. Man. Oh, this is actually really, really funny. Do you have time for my for one of my, my please, one of my non watch? Please, please. Late to the parties. Please. So, uh, this is this is a weird one actually. I somehow went a very long time just never reading Catcher in the Rye. Just right. never happened. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't read it in school. I didn't have friends who read it. I was aware of the title. I didn't know anything. I didn't, I didn't know what it was about. I didn't know anything about J.D. Salinger. I didn't, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything, anything. Um, I was... <laughs> sounds just so funny saying. I was 23 years old. I was 23 years old. And I was stuck in JFK in the JetBlue terminal. And, like, there was, like, some kind of horrible storm blowing in or whatever. And I was trapped in there. By the end of it, it ended up being eight hours. I was trapped in there. Oh, but it was wow. one of those. It was one of those things where it's just like, oh, delayed an hour, and then you look up again, delayed another hour, and then eventually it just did that eight times. And so I was just in JFK for eight hours. After the first hour, I'm like, and this is also like before I could read stuff on my phone. Like I don't like like phones had the capability, but I did not. Basically, so it wasn't like oh, I'm just gonna go and scroll through <laughs> Reddit. So you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. It's, uh, and so I'm just like, oh, okay, let me let me see if I can buy some peanuts and just read the back of that or something like that or like something. This is just, just something. And so I walked into just like the I forgot what it's called it. This like random like bookstore or whatever they have in there. And I'm walking through, and then I'm like, okay, maybe I should look at a book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause just 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 didn't you know? I wasn't a big reader back then, which is interesting. Um, and I'm walking through the aisles, and I'm like, I don't know any of these fucking books. I don't know what the fuck any of this shit is. And I saw one that I recognized, and it was this 
catcher in the run. And I'm like, okay, I know the name. Uh, let's just buy it. Let's just let's just let's just see what happens. You know, whatever. And so yeah. I bought that JFK terminal. There's this. It's probably gone now. This was years ago. There's a sushi place in the JFK JetBlue terminal. Um, it's like a it's like a sushi bar, and there's like tables inside there, but everything is just cast in this like blue, this like blue like light. Mm-hmm. And so I went in there. And I got two spicy tuna rolls, and I got an asahi, and I was sitting there, and I started reading Catcher in the Rye, not knowing what it was about, <laughs> not knowing anything, and um, I was amazed. Yeah, I was amazed that as a 23 year old man, it took me this long. And I know people hate this book or whatever. It took me this long to find a book and to read an author who was able to articulate or at least describe events in a way that actually connected with me very strongly. And I I was stuck in JFK for eight hours, and I, I read the whole book there in that sushi restaurant, and it was just, I'll never forget that. And I remember I read the book, and I texted my buddy, um, who's also in New York, and I'm just like, dude, have you ever read Catcher in the Rye? And he's like, <laughs> yes, you fucking nerd. What are you, what are you? I'm like, no, dude, shut up. You don't understand. This is a great book. He's like, first of all, no, it's not. All right. And yes, I've read it. <laughs> but like, I just kept trying to connect with other people who may have had an organic first time reading experience of Catcher in the Rye in their mid 20s. And they just don't exist, or at least not in my, <laughs> not in my circle of friends. Um, but after that, I just went crazy on Salinger. I have, I, the, the short list I have them all nine stories Franny and Zoe uh, Seymour introduction Raise High the Roof Beams Franny and Zoe is, is my favorite specifically Franny hands down that's that's it's incredibly juvenile and self-indulgent but fuck it's just it just it, it that that's the one for me um, but yeah that's my I was super late to the party <laughs> catch her in the rye you know that's, that's good stuff, man. I it, what's so funny is like what, what, it just like when people you know same thing. When I'm saying people don't care about the the G Shock thing. It's like you know people are like you know have that attitude. Oh, wow, you've never read that, but they you know they don't think for a second like what was an experience they had like that where they discovered something and they were like oh wow you know they can't relate to the experience of <laughs> discovery. They just shame you for not knowing this stuff. I love that. I love that about people. That, that's good uh, stuff though. I, I teach um, I teach creative writing too, and I teach. Um, uh, Uncle Wiggly in Connecticut from Nine Stories, and sometimes uh, Perfect Day for Banana Fish. But I, yep. I use Uncle Wiggly quite a bit. They like the Salinger, and if you like Salinger, man, you should. If you haven't read, you should. You would like uh, Kurt Vonnegut too. I have never, I have never read Kurt Vonnegut. How uh, funny is that? You should read uh, Breakfast of Champions. It's a good, good one. Uh, yeah, Breakfast of Champions is a good one. Nice. They're all good. He's uh, he. Um, uh, in the, you know, he, he does like little drawings and stuff as well. Like he draws himself like a cartoon of himself, uh, you know, it's like as, as uh, you know, caricature, you know, one of those people with those little, little uh, doodles. Uh, and so he, um, in, uh, in uh, this uh, uh, one book in Breakfast of Champions, he, <laughs> begin of it, he does this like little preface to the book and then he says, uh, he talks about being kind of immature. And then he has this kind of like asterisk looking thing. And he just says something about like, here's a drawing of an asshole. And it's just like this like starfish <laughs> thing he drew. He just like does stuff like that in his books. And they're kind of sci-fi and they're off the wall. And uh, they're just, you know, it, it's like kind of like, 
you know, if you let's say you took Salinger and you TBWSified him a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> so like just good. like just like you know, like left the edges raw, like on the leather strap, like you didn't finish the edges, and you you know, it's like let it be a little bit more loose. Like that's kind of that's kind of the Vonnegut. I generally gravitate if 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 you if you can confirm that there's either like super depressed or demented people in it, I'm gonna oh. love it. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, because I, I I'm looking at my shelf right now. What do we got? Crime and Punishment, The Bell Jar, uh, Lolita. I have Catcher in the Rye right here. Lolita is a tough one to tell people you like. Lolita is a tough one. I've I've taught my first year of teaching. I taught Lolita and I taught Portnoy's Complaint. I think to the same That's class. A good one. It was, it was yeah. yeah, but it was like I mean to a bunch of like when I was like you know first started teaching in college and I was like twenty four. I was like oh I'll be you know I'll be cool. I read all this like you know I would get crucified if I did that and I would I would <laughs> never do that now. It was so goddamn cringy. I don't know what the hell made me think oh, I'll teach Portnoy's Complaint and Lolita and I don't know. It'll be fine. I don't know. I don't know what the hell I was doing back in the Wild West days, you know, the salad days. I don't know. But. The, the, the thing that I'll always love about, about Lolita specifically is just, the, I mean, it's super, like, cliche and dumb to say, but just the, the language. I'm always impressed. Oh, my God. And I he, don't you know, understand it. You and know, it was, it's like, his second language. Like, he, you know, he was Russian. Crazy right? as that. Yeah, well, he was he, Russian. He was super Russian. <laughs> he, so two things that are interesting about him. Well, three things that are interesting about, about Nabokov. One, and just in case you're interested, I'm sure nobody listening is, but um, number one, he dedicated every single book to his wife, Vera. Uh, oh, every wow. single book's to her. Uh, number two, he was a, I'm going to say this wrong, but to try to sound snobby, he was a lepidopterist. He was into studying uh, butterflies. butterflies. Yeah. And he actually has a species of butterfly named after him because he was such a oh, good independent butterfly uh, researcher. Um, and then uh, the third thing is he's got uh, two books that are they're great. One of them is just called, I think it's called Essays on Literature, and one's called Essays on um, Russian Literature. And apparently he taught at, I want to say he taught at like either <sighs> Wellesley, he taught at some woman's college. Mm-hmm. And he apparently just like, you know, he just was not great. At, he didn't really love to teach. And so he said, I'm going to write a lecture and I'm, I'm going to write lectures on these novels. And I'm going to just, you know, every single semester, just read my lecture that I wrote instead of having to think of something new <laughs> or teach. And his lectures are like these amazing literary criticism essays on all the stuff. And like he did in the essays on literature, this amazing essay on uh, the metamorphosis where he actually drew a picture of what Gregor Samsa looked like as a beetle. Like he drew a diagram, like here's the legs are, and here's what his thorax looks like. <laughs> it's like so good. So good. Oh, so if you, God. if you like Nabokov, his, his own, you know, these were what he uses as college lectures when he was teaching. It's like so awesome. I, I, I've, I've never read those. I've never checked them out. That's cool. I got to find them. He's apparently a funny dude, but he, apparently the word, you know, word on the street, I heard, you know, from professors in grad school that knew more about Nabokov than me. You know, he'd carpool with people to to the university when he worked, and they just said he was the funniest motherfucker in the car. He was having everybody <laughs> laughing, like he was just so funny. Everybody had everybody like rolling and crying on the way to work. I just think it's Nabokov in the carpool. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> like I wouldn't be able to like I wouldn't have imagined that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's so cool. This is fun. Oh, here let's um. Let's do this. It's getting pretty late. Yeah. I think we should do this. If there's anyone that's still listening to this episode anymore, which of which if there are, I don't care because I'm just having fun talking to Henry now. We really hope you've enjoyed, both of you, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
what what were you late to the party on? Now fuck watches. Who gives a fuck about watches? Life's too short for just focus on watches. What in life were you late to the party on? Were you also someone? Okay, so actually, I want to. I also want to um, kind of shed light on the fact that why it was really ironic. I had never read Catcher in the Rye. I was an English major, and I think uh, I was one year away from starting the MA program in Lit, and I still hadn't start. I, had, I hadn't read the Catcher in the Rye. Oh, yeah. I, I got the an I have an MFA in fiction writing, and when I got to grad school, I was an English major in college, and I actually thought I was going to go to film school. So I substituted almost all of my upper-level lit classes for film theory. So when I got to grad school for my MFA, I had seen, like, every single movie I could talk to you about, French New Wave and all this shit and silent movies. And, and like, people in school were like, oh, have you ever read Faulkner? And I was like, no. And they were, like, looking at me like I had three fucking heads. Like, I've read Faulkner for the first time in grad school, and they were just like – they were just big readers. They always wanted to be fiction writers, and I wanted to be a filmmaker, and then decided I wanted to do writing instead. And that was weird. <laughs> that was a weird first day. <laughs> oh, man, that's so good. Um, fuck, what was I saying? Oh, let's do this. Oh, yeah, I, I, I already read that part. You, pe- you petitioned the audience for their own uh, late to What the- else? Yeah, what else for you late to the party on people? Let us know your thoughts on the show in regards to what we were late to the party on. Um and in addition to that, uh, check out the website, twobookwatchnobs.com. Um, follow us on Instagram. I mean, obviously, you already are, but either way, go and check out the Instagram. Mike's posting a lot of really, really cool photos lately. It's at twobookwatchnobs. Um, Henry, tell everyone your Instagram handle. Uh, my Instagram handle is dials underscore and underscore vinyl, and I just pretty much post uh, watches on top of records. So <laughs> It's pretty badass. I'll just put that out there. But here, let's do this. Henry, I think it's that sad time. Is it that sad time? Must we say goodbye to the kind, the kind folk? I hear the the whispering in the wind and the quiet violins, and <laughs> it's that time. Hit the hit the old dusty trail. It's that sad time. I hope everyone's enjoyed this week's episode. Let us know what else you relate to the show on, and then um, I guess with that, yeah, Henry, do you want to say goodbye, and then I'll say, or no, you say you say. Uh, Thanks for listening. This is Henry, and then I'll say this is Kaz, and then we'll do good that way. I don't get fucked up, so. I'll let you do that, and then I'll, I'll close this out. Sure. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is Henry. This is Kaz. You have been listening to Two Rope Wash Knobs. Later. <laughs>